First Chronicles chapter four. And uh, <clears throat> while you're turning it, I was thinking as the pastor was asking folks to move up. You know, we Baptists are notorious, you know, for filling in from the back forward. And uh, <clears throat> thought about a story I heard about a preacher, you know, and he, man, he was always getting on his people about that. He said, man, sit on the front row and fill in from the front back, you know, and he'd always harp on that. And so he finally, he, he went on vacation and when he came back, boy, one of the deacons, man, they were excited. They said, Pastor, we got something to show you, man. This is wonderful. So the pastor said, all right, let me see what it is. And so they went in the auditorium, and there were no no pews at all, no no seats at all. And the pastor said, what in the world's going on? And, and the deacon said, now, 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 now watch this, pastor. And he pushed a button on the wall, and all of a sudden a, a, a row of seats came, you know, just, just, just kind of out of the wall, just like that, right in the back. And he said, now watch this, Pastor. And, and, and the pastor sat in that pew, and the deacon pushed another button, and zzz, all the way to the front, that, that pew went. <laughs> pastor said, man, that's wonderful. Man, did the same thing. Fill in, man. It's all the way down to the front. He said, man, that, that is tremendous. So that, that, that Sunday morning, Pastor got up to preach, man, and he's preaching away. And just, just at 12 o'clock, about a minute past 12, the old deacon stood up in the back and pushed a button and zzz, the pastor went down in the floor. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know how wonderful he thought that is, but uh, just made me think of that. But, uh, be a pretty good idea, don't you think? Amen. <laughs> all right. First Chronicles chapter four. Good to have all you fellows here. And I was telling the brother this morning, I, I, I saw him last night at the motel. You know, boy, you know, when, when, when you just live for God and do right, you know, you, you, you stand out in this world. Man, just so, just so, uh, obviously, you know, we, we don't realize it because we live this way and we just, you know, it's at least dressing decently and acting decently. That's just a part of our lives. But, but I saw this group last night out uh, in the, in the motel, uh, parking lot as I was pulling in and, and I, I thought to myself, man, he, these, these have got to be saved people. Yeah. They've got to, they, they're either Baptists, either independent Baptists or Pentecostals. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, so when I saw the brother's wife go, woohoo, I said, well, they're Pentecostal. They're Pentecostal. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Bapticostals, amen. Yeah, right. First Chronicles chapter 4, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 9. And it says, as a matter of fact, let's pray first. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We pray you'll speak to our hearts, Lord, and thank you, Lord, that we could come together and enjoy our fellowship with each other and enjoy fellowship with you. Now, Father, I pray you'll speak to our hearts, God, and give us something, Lord, that will help us and bless us, something that will encourage us, God, and give us strength. And, Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, rebuke the devil and all of his hindrances, Lord. And, God, we pray that your word would just have free course in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 9 says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. 
I want to speak this morning in this in this first session on the prayer of Jabez, the prayer of Jabez. Now, if you'll read this chapter sometime, or I'm sure you have, you find that this chapter chronicles the genealogy of the tribe or the family of Judah. It begins in verse 1 and goes on down. Now, I didn't read it because I, I, I have trouble pronouncing some of those names, and, uh, and I'm sure you do too. But, uh, but, but that's what it does. It just chronicles uh, all the various family units uh, in the tribe of Judah. And in verses 9 and 10, uh, we're told of a very unusual man by the name of Jabez. Now, the truth is there's not a whole lot that, that is written about Jabez in the Bible. Uh, you won't find really uh, any other references to him personally. There are, there are some other references to the city of Jabez. But yet, in, in these two small verses, we're given a tremendous amount of information about the life of this man Jabez. First of all, we find in verse number nine that he was a man of honor. And I think that, that that's something that ought to be said about every Christian, about every preacher, about every person who names the name of Christ. We ought to be honorable. Amen. The Bible says he was more honorable than his brethren. You know, Christians ought to stand above the crowd. Man, we ought to be head and shoulders above the world as far as our honor and our integrity, you see. And, and this man, Jabez, was, was that kind of man. He was the man of the highest honor and, and, and honesty and integrity. And he was known for that, you see. Not only that, we see that in, in verse 10, and that uh, uh, he was a man of sorrow, a man uh, uh, who, who, who was acquainted with sorrow. Look at verse 10. It says, and Jabez called on the God. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the end of verse 9. It says, uh, uh, he was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him uh, with sorrow. Now, his name means sorrow. And uh, the Bible says that there was some experience, obviously, that, that his mother went through as she bare him some sorrowful thing. Now, we don't know exactly what it was. Uh, perhaps his father died. Perhaps there was some uh, tragedy in their lives uh, as, as, as he was born. And, and, and perhaps it was just a tremendous uh, 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 hardship in, in, in bearing him. Now, now we're not told uh, what it was, but yet his name means sorrow. You see, he was acquainted with sorrow. And, and, and I think the same can be said about the lives of, 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 of most Christians. Well, praise the Lord for the joy. Praise the Lord for the blessing. But, but I'm sure that, that if you've been saved any time at all, you know that there's some sorrow involved. Right. In the Christian life, you see, and you know, as we think about the lives of, 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 you know, especially some of you pastors or some of the lives of, of some of your members, boy, it, 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 you know, now some bring tremendous joy while others bring tremendous sorrow as you think about their lives. I was listening to some of the prayers this morning as I prayed along and, and, and some of the heart uh, ache and heartbreak o over men who compromise and, and and folks who just don't do right. Listen, that brings sorrow, you see. And uh, and, uh, and and so Jabez's life was a life that was acquainted with sorrow. But thirdly, we find that not only was he a man of honor, a man who knew something about sorrow, but but we find also, and I think most importantly, as far as our discussion this morning, is that he was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. Look at verse 10. It says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. 
He was a man of prayer. Now listen, no matter what else can be said about our lives, friends, we need to be people of prayer. See, (laughs) listen, we need to be people who know what it is to call on on the Lord our God. And and listen to me, there's just something about prayer that makes the difference in our lives. And praise God, this man Jabez was a man of prayer. And so, to, and, and so today, let's, let's take a look at, at, at this, this, this prayer that he prayed, because I believe that, that, that not only the fact that a man prays uh, bespeaks uh, tremendous uh, volumes about his life, but, but what a person prays for says a lot about their life and character, you see. And so uh, this morning, let's just briefly just take a look at, at, at the prayer that Jabez prayed. And I'll, see, and, and I'll guarantee you we'll see some tremendous things about his life. First of all, we see in verse 10 that Jabez prayed for God's blessing upon his life. Amen. He prayed for the blessing of God. Look at what he said in verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Now, now, now let's just take that small segment of his prayer. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed was the prayer of Jabez. And I want us to understand this morning that Jabez was a man that understood and that he needed the blessing of God upon his life. That was really his desire from God. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Now listen, I want to do we value the blessing of God. Friends, there's, uh, listen to me. There's nothing more valuable in this world than to have God's blessing upon our lives. Huh? Proverbs 10 and verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and, watch this, he addeth no sorrow with it. Well, there's so many things that we can strive to attain, and so many things that we can strive to achieve. And listen to me, when we get it, boy, it brings a tremendous sorrow and heartache in our lives. But yet, listen to me, whatever it is that God blesses you with, whatever it is that God gives you, friends, there's no sorrow with it, amen? It's only a blessing, you see. Notice, first of all, his earnestness as he prayed. Listen, friends, he prayed with earnestness. He said, oh, that thou wouldest bless me. Indeed, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I think, uh, friends, this morning, well, we need prayer, but we need earnest prayer. Huh? Oh, that thou wouldest bless me. Indeed. Boy, you look in the Bible and you find, boy, God answering the prayers of people who prayed in earnest. Amen. Oh, Jacob was earnest as he wrestled uh, with the angel of the Lord. Uh, oh, man, listen, the Lord Jesus Christ was earnest as he prayed in the garden. And the Bible says that his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood. Look at the earnestness of his prayer. Amen. He says, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Look at his earnestness, but secondly, look at his desire. Oh, he prayed with earnestness, my friend, but he prayed with tremendous desire. He said, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, you see. Boy, he didn't just want God's blessing, but listen to me. He wanted God to bless him indeed. In other words, he's saying, God, I don't want just a few blessings. God, I want tremendous blessing. God, I don't want just a few uh, uh, trickles from the fountain, amen. I want the uh, spout to burst open, amen. Bless me indeed, God. Bless me mightily, God. Huh? 
I think one of our problems is, boy, we, 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 we ask too little of a mighty God. God's a great God, amen. And listen, the Bible says that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, now listen, you know, have you ever considered that? That, that verse right there teaches us that, that, that listen, if all of us uh, together could put all of our uh, uh, prayer requests and desires together and, and, and somehow uh, uh, combine it into one huge request and, and bring it before the throne of God, the Bible says that God is able uh, not only to meet that, but to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that we could ask or think. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, let's not be guilty uh, guilty of asking too little of a great God. Amen. Amen. He said, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. I like that song that says thou, uh, there shall be showers of blessing. Amen. Amen. Showers of blessing we need. And he says, mercy drops around us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Amen. Listen, friend, we need to pray for the showers of blessing. Oh, God, bless me. Indeed, you see, listen to me, as we look at our families, we need to pray, oh, that thou wouldest bless me, indeed. As we look at our finances, our ministries, friends, listen to me, if you're a student even, uh, uh, boys, you look at your studies, listen, you ought to pray, oh, God, bless me, indeed. Whatever it is that we're stewards over, our prayer like that of Jabez ought to be, oh, God. That thou wouldest bless me indeed. We need to pray with earnestness and we need to pray with tremendous desire. He prayed for God's blessing upon his life. But we see uh, something here also in, in, in that verse 10. Secondly, we see that he prayed for expansion. He prayed for expansion. And it says, and Jabez called on the God of Jabez saying, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Now watch this. And enlarge my coast. Yeah. <laughs> now, boy, that seems like a simple request. Not much to that, but, but, but listen to me. Jabez was saying, God, I want you to expand me, you see. God, I want you to give me more opportunity. You see, Jabez was a man of vision. And I think so often, friends, listen, if we're not careful, we'll lose our vision of what can and, and could be accomplished for God. Huh? Listen, there's a danger of, 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 of developing man, just kind of a little small vision, you see, and, 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 and thinking, boy, man, if I could just do this little bit, you know. Hey, hey, listen, friends, our desire ought to always be to do more for God. Not, not for our glory. Huh? Well, I think there's an attitude that, that, that says, man, I want to do something big for God. But listen to me, not, not, not for God to get the glory, but so that we can get the glory. So that men might look at us, you see, so that men might lift us up. Listen, that's worthless. But we ought to always, friends, be ready, uh, listen, and, and be excited about doing more for the glory of God. Jabez was a man of vision, and I plead with you this morning, don't lose your vision for God. Amen. Don't lose your vision. Huh? He saw an opportunity, listen, through God 
to do more and to accomplish more. And so his request to God was, enlarge my coast. Now, now, now. You know, you understand, you guys understand, you read the Bible, you know how God allocated each each tribe a certain amount of land, and then with, within the tribes, you know, they would be allocated a certain amount of land, and, and Jabez, though, was a man, boy, he he, he stepped out and, and, and just kind of gazed upon the land and the property and said, man, alive, God, I'm doing all that I can with what I got, but 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 look at, man, old Joe over there, he, man, he ain't doing a thing with what he got, God, if you give me a few more acres over here and a few more acres over here, God, I think I can do a little more for you. And listen to me. He had vision of what could be done for God. Oh, friend, we need to look out upon our cities and look out upon the areas where we are. And we need to have vision of what God can do and and what could be accomplished more for God. I'm saying that the problem many times with us is that we either lack vision or we have a very small vision at best. Huh? Well, I like what the psalmist prayed. He prayed, I will run the way of thy commandments. Now watch this. When thou shalt enlarge my heart. What was he saying? God, I want to serve you, but God, give me a bigger heart. Give me a bigger capacity, God, to serve you more, you see. Well, let's not just be satisfied, you see. Man, let's, let's, let's want to do more Amen. for God. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, what does that say? Well, we need to be overflowing with the work of the Lord, taking on more of the work of the Lord. Man, looking for more that can be done for the glory of God. I think Jabez saw endless possibilities and opportunity to do more and accomplish more. And so should we. Well, I think all of us have heard and, and, and most of us have probably used the illustration of that, of that little church, you know, that uh, little country church was out there. It used to be a thriving church going for God. And now the place is all boarded up and run down and closed up and nothing's going on at all there. Then there's that sign hanging out in front of the church, and it and it used to have the verse, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." The old sign's just hanging on one hinge, and and one of the letters is falling off of it now, and it simply says, "Here, there is no vision, the people perish." I'm saying, friends, when we have no vision, we perish. You see, well, when we're satisfied just to get along with the status quo, listen, we fail. You see. Listen to me. Let's let's have vision like like Jabez. He said, enlarge my coast. I like that, you see. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, God. Bless my life. Bless my family. God, enlarge my coast. Give me more opportunity to do more for you. And then we see thirdly that he not only prayed for God's blessing. He not only prayed for enlargement, but we see thirdly that he prayed for God's help. He prayed for God's help. Look at verse 10 again. And Jabez called on the God of Jacob of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. Now look at this third point. He says, and that thine hand might be with me, that thy hand might be with me. You see, 
The hand of God always signifies the power of God. Well, as you read through the Bible and, and, and listen, you see it in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament that wherever the hand of God was present, then, then that meant that God's help was present. You see, Jabez knew that, that he could do nothing without the help of God. And I'm saying, friends, let's, let's not ever get lifted up in our minds and in our hearts and thinking, boy, I can do this and I can do that. We can do nothing without the help of God. Huh? Listen, Jabez prayed that God's hand would be with him. And listen to me, great things are accomplished when God's hand is involved. Amen. You believe that? And what we need is for God to once again stretch out his hand in our behalf. <laughs> what happens when he does? Well, the Red Sea parts. Amen. Huh? Listen, friend, when God stretches out his hands, <laughs> the blinded eyes are opened. Amen. Huh? <laughs> the demoniacs are healed. And delivered the the hungry are fed the lost are saved i'm saying tremendous things happens when god stretches out his hand Amen. and jabez understood that and he said lord that thy hand might be with me god i need your help huh? yeah well we need to realize it friends and then lastly he prayed for a pure life he prayed for a pure life Amen. Look at verse 10 again. The Bible says, And Jabez called on the God of Jabez uh, of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me. Now watch this. And that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. Huh? Listen, Jabez concludes his prayer with a request for pure life. And boy, I think if there's anything that we need in this day and age, it's people with a pure life. Amen. Huh? Right. Listen to me, friends. There's no substitute for purity in the Christian life. Jabez understood the, 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 the devastating effects of sin upon his life, and he prayed for deliverance from it. He said that thou wouldest deliver me from evil that it may not grieve me. Now listen to me. Sin will grieve our lives. Sin will destroy our lives. And we need to pray for a pure life, you see. Listen, we can look at the lives of people throughout the Bible and see how grievous and hurtful sin is. Huh? We can look at the lives of people around us and see the effects of sin. And unfortunately, we can look at our own life and see how grievous sin is. Sin is a very grievous thing. Yeah, amen. Huh? Hey, we ought to fear sin. Amen. We ought to avoid it, friends. We ought to stay away from it. Our desire ought to be, oh, God, keep me from sin. Keep me from evil. Keep me from temptation, you see. Huh? Listen, friends, sin not only grieves us. It also grieves God. Huh? 
Do you realize that, that, that when we don't live the lives that we ought to live, friends, it destroys our lives, but it also grieves the heart of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We know this, this passage. You know, sometimes it's, it's hard to preach to preachers because preachers know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But you know, it's not what we know, it's what we do. Amen. I must know it, but, but we need to do it. Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. The Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Sin grieves us, and it grieves the heart of God. Hmm? Listen, friends, sin robs us of our joy. Remember David praying? <laughs> restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Now, he didn't pray that God restore his salvation. You don't lose that. He certainly did lose the joy. Restore to me the joy. Now what took his joy away? Sin took it away. And it will take it away in our lives as well. You see? huh? It robs us of our joy. Listen, sin breaks our fellowship with God. Huh? Boy, I think about old Adam. Whenever I think about this, I think about Adam. Adam had tremendous fellowship with God. Just think about that. Man, he had tremendous fellowship with God. The Bible said that God would, would, would come in the cool of the day and, 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 uh, and, 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 you know, there's an interesting statement there. I'm not going to turn to it, but it says the voice of God walked in the garden. Now, I've often thought, how in the world can the voice of God walk? But that's exactly what it says. It says that the voice of God walked in the garden. God, listen to me, God, fellowship with Adam. And boy, you know, can you imagine how sweet that was? Every day at a certain time, probably early, says in the coolness of the day, man, early, man, oh, Adam, boy, he's been, he's waiting on pins and needles. Man, I'm like, what are you waiting for, Adam? God's going to meet me in a few minutes. I'm waiting on God, boy, I can hardly wait. Then God shows up. Oh, Adam, boy, his face is lit up. Man, he's got a smile from ear to ear. He's excited. He's fellowshipping with God. Huh? Then something happened. You know what happened. Sin came in. Adam sinned against God. And you know what's interesting? God still came to the meeting place. Huh? God didn't say, Adam sin, I'm not going down. No, God came to the same meeting place. There's one problem. Adam wasn't there. Huh? You see, God doesn't walk out on us. We walk out on God. Now God's where he's always been. God's looking for a fellowship like he's always had. But Adam's not there. And he begins to call out, Adam, where art thou, Adam? And old Adam's hiding in the bushes, you see. Trying to cover his sin with some old fig leaves, you see. His fellowship with God was broken. And sin always robs us of our fellowship. With God. In 1 John 1, he says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Sin robs us of our joy. It breaks our fellowship with God. And listen to me. It ruins our effectiveness in this world. Huh? It ruins our effectiveness in this world. You know, the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Oh, like Jabez, listen to me. We need to pray daily, daily, friends, that God would keep us from evil and keep evil away from us. Huh? Listen, and I'm and I'm through. The best prayers are not determined by quantity, but by quality. In other words, it's not necessarily how long you pray. See? But how well you pray. Verse 10 ends with these words. It's amazing. Look at it. The end of verse 10, it says, And God granted him that which he requested. <laughs> I think that's a prayer God can't help but answer. How could God not answer a prayer like this? Now, I preached this message once before, and a, and a guy who's real, uh, really into history and this kind of thing, he told me, he said, Brother McCoy, if you go back and you study some 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 things about uh, so about Jewish history and and even secular history, you'll find there 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 are volumes written about this man Jabez, not in the Bible, but in history written about the Bible. And I'm told that that this man Jabez became one of the most successful, prosperous men in 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 his day by far. Huh? And that doesn't surprise me. You say, why? Because the Bible says God granted him his request. Amen. He prayed for the blessing of God and God blessed him. Amen. Amen. Huh? I know that might seem like a strange idea. He said, God bless me and God bless him. God, let your hand be with me and God's hand was with him. Uh, he said, oh God, enlarge my clothes. And guess what? God enlarged his clothes. He said, God, keep me from evil. And guess what, my friend? God kept him from evil. Uh-uh, and he had a tremendous life. <laughs> well, I think we need to pray like Jabez prayed. I believe it'd make a difference in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we pray you'll just do a work in our lives, Lord. Thank you for these men of God that are here, these preachers, their families, some of them, Lord. You know the burdens that they carry. You know the desires of each heart. God, please meet with us. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I wonder, and I'm not even going to ask for a raise of hands, but I wonder if there's some that may say, boy, I, I need to maybe come to the altar and just take a moment at the altar. If you need to, why don't you do that? Now, we don't.